0: Remember that this is the season for love. And that's what Seville 1075 and 1260 are always running <laughs> What? Why are you chuckling?
1: Ted Nugent called. He wants his shirt back. Life, liberty a rocket
2: roll. I never felt so alive. Everybody loves the
0: American.
3: Uh, that's, that's why the gaslighters have to get on TV and cable and the Internet every day and try to explain to us why uh, the concept of America is bad. Uh, and as we celebrate Black History Month here on Joe Thomas in the morning, uh, tapped into... The amazing resource that is this leadership uh, group at the National Center for Public Policy Research, known as Project uh, Twenty One, and uh, one of the uh, rock stars uh, in the conservative movement, especially as as you know, we get to the black community and the uh, amazing column, Chris Arps is on with us. Uh, good morning, Chris. How are
2: you doing, sir? Joe, I'm doing fantastic. Always great to talk to you.
3: Well it's great to have you and your column is just a master's class and and I'm not going to read the whole thing in here but uh it, it the uh, the bit about uh American history and the the black communities importance to it uh, black history much month, month should be a time for reflection and celebration of the achievements and contributions of african-americans to this great nation and, and it reminds me of one of the conversations that i've had in abstract uh, on and off is is you know, first the herculean and heroic and and often uh inspiring battle to overcome the slave trade and, and the underground railroad and the things that we'll lose in history if we forget um, that, yes, this execrable commerce did exist. And and look at what we've overcome since then. Am, am I wrong in, in thinking about that?
2: No, not at all. I mean, African-Americans have had a, a incredible resiliency to come from slavery to having the first black president, not only be elected, but reelected. We've had two uh, African-American Supreme Court justices. We've had uh, African-American leaders who are uh, presidents and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. That's an incredible legacy. Uh, That does not mean that we should not discuss the past. We should discuss uh, discrimination. We should discuss slavery and things that happened in the past. But it shouldn't be the main topic of Black History Month. And I just feel that over the past maybe 10 years or so, especially since the 1619 project was uh, mm-hmm. unveiled, that that seems to be the purpose of Black History Month is to beat white people over the head with uh, with their history, uh, the, the bad history of the United States, instead of celebrating the achievements. I think that you can find a strike a balance between both.
3: And I think you you can. And we were down in on in 2019. We were at uh, Jamestown uh, for the uh, anniversary of the 400th anniversary of our General Assembly here in Virginia, convening for the first time an an elected representative body. Um, And then immediately after it, we get hit with this ridiculous New York Times created uh, fiction account called the 1619 Project. And I remember one of the historians, because it was pre-1619 Project, talking about how the the, the uh, Portuguese slave trader ran aground near Jamestown and having no money to uh, exchange for the repairs the, the settlers had helped them with, they gave them some slaves. And I wish if there was a point in history I could go back and just convince the colonial governor, just give him a piece of land. Just give them a you know, Just <laughs> you know, that one instance. Instead of saying, "Well, because they had no slaves up till that point, they were just doing their things. They were a very small community, um, mm-hmm. and 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 it's just one of those frozen moments in time that dangles there for me. But it's it, the black community, and I think many communities are waking up. To this, I see it more and more. I see the polling numbers. Not that you, know, you hang your hat on them, Chris. Mm-hmm. What is the reality regarding um, comedians playing with Joe Biden's "You Ain't Black" quote and making videos on YouTube of of robocalls saying, "Well, you ain't black," and just hanging up on guys? Uh, you know, that is the is the community waking up to the Democratic Party uh, ruination of their opportunities?
2: I think there are. And I think it is. And you see the the uh, Charlemagne, the God who is the popular DJ in New York and others. Mm -hmm. I think what you're seeing is a frustration that for generations, African-Americans have been the most loyal constituency of the Democratic Party. And it seems that African-Americans get short shrift when it comes to the to to, you know, what the Democratic Party stands for and what they're trying to accomplish. You know, there's a running joke within the black community that you don't see Democratic politicians until about September or October before an election. But between the between that time, between the four years, you don't see the see them at all. And I think African-Americans are frustrated because they see that the Democratic Party's agenda seems to be more focused towards LGBTQ rights and immigrant rights. And African-Americans are seem to be left by the wayside. I think as my parents' generation uh, dies off and the civil rights generation and you have younger African-Americans coming up, I think you see them embracing the conservative movement more and more. Uh, It's it's getting to the point where people are just frustrated and they're tired of the Democratic Party taking them for granted. You see that in the polls. You know, Donald Trump in 2020 received 20 percent of the African-American male vote. Uh, he doubled his vote among African-American females. But now we're seeing polls that show that Donald Trump is polling 20 percent overall within the African-American community. And you see polls of Joe Biden. Uh, he's getting 75 percent of the African-American vote. That is unheard of. Usually Democratic presidents get 90, 95 percent of the right. black vote. And as you know, Joe, uh, a president receiving 75 percent of the black vote, you can't win. And I think what the Democrats are very fearful of is as that, that apathy happening in November where African Americans may not vote for Donald Trump, but they may not show up at the polls at all
3: well that's that 's interesting because I want to be four things, Chris um, last thought though, as we uh, do this, and we 're going to do this each day this week as we get into Black History Month with mm-hmm. project twenty one uh, what does donald trump and not just donald trump but congressional conservatives and and local elected conservatives need to be saying uh, to me it's jobs it's opportunity it's education choice are those the things that that are resonating with parents especially in the black community
2: i think so you know you don't need any a different agenda for black america i think the american agenda of making sure that your kids are educated, making sure you've got some money in your 401k plan to retire comfortably, to make sure that your neighborhoods and your country is safe. I think that is the agenda for all Americans. And I think if the Republican Party, the conservative movement, focus on, focuses on that, uh, they can make real inroads, as they have with the Hispanic community. You know, there's a poll that came out recently that showed that uh, Hispanics, for the first time, are more geared towards the conservative movement, Republican Party, than they are the Democrats. And I think that same thing can hold true with the African-Americans as well.
3: Well, I appreciate it, uh, Chris Harp's, uh, And again, uh, it's uh, nationalcenter.org and Project 21. God bless you, sir, and have a wonderful morning.
2: Joe, thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
3: Need to know what game is on tonight? A
0: shot, Swing and a line drive deep Check right.
3: out the full Seaville Sports Schedule online at WCHV.com. Thomas, in the morning as we celebrate Black History Month uh, all month long, our friends from Project 21, uh, the community leadership group out of the National Center for Public Policy, joining us from uh, their directorate, uh, Melanie Collette, a wonderful piece that uh, she penned um, as part of their uh, contributions to the thought. And the the things that everyone should be thinking about, uh, their chair of, uh, I guess, serving on the New Jersey State Republican Party, chair of her uh, Cape May County uh, party as well. This is what she wrote. Conservative-minded blacks have long understood that left-leaning policies often fail to serve their best interests of their communities. And I'm going to jump in on that, Melanie. Good morning, and thank you for joining us there. Uh, I think there's a whole lot uh, more conservative thinking members of the black community didn't even realize it. Do you?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's very weird to me. It's always been very strange to me um, that, you know, there's a, there are so many black people who have conservative values but continue to vote against their interests. It's very strange. Um, I think it's mostly because the left has done a really good job messaging uh, the right is being full of racists, and them being like the em- empathetic, mm-hmm. uh, emotional ones, rather than so rather than having people really think about what they're doing. They're very focused on having people emote, Ooh. and it, it's problematic.
3: When, when you when you hear people and and the echo chamber pirated it until it got ridiculous that Tim Scott was a racist. Um, and and a white supremacist, and and you say, okay, have you really? And you and you look around, and you say, where's isn't this the jump the shark moment when when you're pointing to leaders, senators, black men, black women who have achieved things, and and, and you're calling them racist too? Um, it, it's I, I faced off with Ibram Kendi on television uh, from Charlottesville here, Melanie, and he said to my face that b- the black People can't be racist, but then apparently Tim Scott can. I guess it's it just matters you know, which political party you're in.
1: Right. It's really determined by the letter behind your name politically. Not and, and don't forget self hating racism. That's usually the context in which uh, people who are black and are politically on the conservative side of the aisle are self hating racist. So. Uh-huh. You know, not only are they calling us racist, but they're also accusing us of having such low self-esteem and education that we hate ourselves for being black. really amazing, actually.
3: <laughs> so we were talking with your your coworker ben, Chris Harps, yesterday. We were talking about 20 percent of the black community is now polling, saying they're going to vote for Donald Trump uh in and and that's going to be big in places like michigan pennsylvania uh nevada florida places like that i'd love to see it impact virginia as well and somebody asked well that that doesn't that doesn't seem like a big number but when you realize those those numbers used to be five percent that's that's quadrupling the amount of the population those those long-lived, you know, Lyndon Johnson attitude, you know, give them them the great society and they're going to vote for us for 200 years. It takes a long time to change that that ingrained structure, doesn't it, Melanie? How do you do it? It
1: it certainly does, and I think part of the way that we do it, I'm grateful for organizations like uh, Project 21 uh, and and all that participate going out and really... speaking boldly, bravely, and courageously about the principles that founded this country and how they're beneficial to all Americans, but black Americans as well, that there is no separate path, that if everyone follows the Constitution with the spirit of entrepreneurship and individual responsibility, that you can be successful in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and it's for everyone. So I think that part of it is is people having to bravely talk about it unapologetically and as much as possible, and also not be in, not let the left get away with their narrative that they continue to espouse and uh, say that they're speaking for all Black people when they certainly do not.
3: When you look at the history of this area, Carrie Buck uh, in Buck versus Bell in the suit, uh, but Barbara Johns, you know, pushing back and breaking the, uh, you know, the the segregation in the schools, not because not because the government told her she could, but because actually the government told her she couldn't. Um These are the heroes we should be lifting up, um, you know, and and not telling people, well, you know, take what the government gives you. And and I think people are waking up to that. Uh, Melanie, do you hear the same thing?
1: I, I do. I think people are waking up to that. I think they're also waking up to what black conservatives have known for a long time about the liberal agenda, which is that ultimately it is the goal of controlling us and not having us expecting and wanting more. Anytime you tell a particular group of people, based on the color of their skin, that they are unable to achieve goals because they're put upon. You're trying to brainwash them. You don't. If you're not speaking victory into those into those people, you should be speaking victory into in, in, everyone and mm. helping them be more resilient and overcome obstacles as we have in Black History. This Black History Month right. over these many many years. Overcome so much, but instead, every time Black History Month comes up, leftists are always trying to point out how we have no power, that's why we can't be racist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's really, if people just took a step back and looked at this in the macro, I think they would understand that really is a way of keeping you from achieving.
3: Melody, thank you so much. NationalCenter.org is a wonderful piece. We'll share it again on social media. We deeply appreciate everything you guys do to move the message along. We do what we can, carry as much water for us as we can, Uh and uh, and it never seems to be enough. Hopefully see you guys out at CPAC in a couple of weeks in D.C., and we'll uh, visit some more out there. Uh, you have a wonderful morning, and thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. The one thing you don't have
3: to
0: worry about being more expensive, Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV.
3: Free of charge since 1933. Gonna be a free man in the morning. Free man in the
1: morning. Free man in the morning. I know the reason. All right, I'm ready. I'll let be. Thank you lonesome roads that
3: was just- Joe Thomas in the morning I uh, please you are you started as a free man in the morning you don't have to wait for somebody to give you that freedom that's where the authoritarians sneak in um congressman Baumgood has moved his uh, visit with us till monday he's uh, speaking uh to a panel this morning in congress so um his schedule so uh, monday works so we'll uh, be visiting with him there uh it, Former Congressman Mike Hill from the Florida House of Representatives uh, in District 1, uh, Mike Hill is on with us from the National Center for Public Policy in a part of our uh, continuing Black History Month. celebration and you know what has been wrought to us and we'll get to some of your emails coming up as well but mike i appreciate a column that all of you wrote at this black leadership network at the national center for public policy Uh, thank you for joining us this morning how are you uh, doing Uh,
0: good morning joe i'm doing great thank you for having me you take an edge. Your portion
3: of the column, you know, goes back into you know what what started as Black History Month and the, and what it is. And, and you coined a great phrase. You call it Black Grievances Month uh, rather than uh, what uh, the the original uh, uh, Doctor Woodson's original idea on uh, black history month talk about this and and where were the warning signs that this was happening because it seems like we we either you know we were blindsided by it or we were willfully ignorant over this devolution
0: well joe as you know black history month started out uh, with dr carter woodson as negro history week Mm -hmm. And the purpose of it at that time was to educate black Americans on achievements of blacks in history to encourage them to uh, perform at an excellent level and lift themselves up. Don't rely on government or anyone else, much like the same reason why Booker T. Washington started Tuskegee Institute. And so over time, it was meant just to educate black Americans about black achievements. And then in the 1960s, with the Civil Rights Movement, it turned into Black History Month. And in 1976, Gerald R. Ford was the first president to recognize the month and to make his proclamation and so forth. And since then, every single president has. And every single president better, or you're going to be excoriated by Mm -hmm. those on the left. And so what at at one time was a very noble undertaking has now devolved into Black Grievances Month. And what we have for the entire month of February, which, by the way, uh, originally uh, Dr. Woodson chose those weeks in February to coincide with Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and uh, Frederick Douglass' birthday.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so now we have an entire month of February where instead of uh, focusing on the achievements of blacks and what could unify us, it has become a month of grievances. Look at how poorly blacks have been treated in the past by whites, and aren't you ashamed of that? Mm-hmm. Not only should you be ashamed, you should uh, uh, perform your indulgences for the remission of your sins for an entire month. Wow. Just beat yourself on the back with a whip and and, and and perform your indulgences. And by the way, it will never be enough. Whatever those indulgences are, you're going to perform. Now, there are those who will willingly, just like in the Catholic Church back in the Middle Ages, uh, who would pay their indulgences. We have people today who willingly will. We have CEOs of corporations who will give tens of, th- let's say, millions of dollars to so-called black organizations, which are, again you know, nothing but a sham. You look at Black Lives Matter, oh, yeah. uh, it, a, a Marxist organization. They admit it as such, where just a few people got filthy rich. We see yeah. the, the race hustlers like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and, We got this one rascal came on the scene recently, Ibram X. Kendi, or oh, whatever yes. he made his name up. That's not his <laughs> real name, by yes. the way. Harry
3: Rogers, and, by the way. I, I faced off with him on television uh, after our riots here in Charlottesville in 2017. He came back. He came the next year um, as a PR stunt for a book he had ri- written, uh, and they did a half-an-hour segment for CBS, and I was told it was going to be a uh, an equally balanced jury of Charlotte's villains, and it turned out to be me versus him and everyone else, uh, saying that, uh, of course, Black Black people can't be racist and and that kind of uh, craziness that was going on there. Uh, Mike Hill is on with us. It's our uh, Black History Month celebration with our friends at Project 21. Poverty is real and i'm not going to be one of those whistling past the graveyard guys that says that but i feel like all of this this reparations nation that we california new york so many places have virginia has proposed a reparations commission um is an anti-capitalist uh program from where i sit it's it's saying that if you have money you've you've Exploited it from someone else, and you had better give it back, or we're coming for you. Um, is is, right. is that an overstatement?
0: No, that's a very accurate statement, and it is communist. It mm-hmm. is not. It, it is anti-capitalist. It, it is not looking at uh, self-performance, self-indulgence. If you boil it down to the very bottom part of the crucible, it's greed. It's greed and envy. We see what you have. And we want some of that, too. So just give it to us. Well, why don't you go earn it? No, that's too hard. Just give it to us. And, and that's what we see. And, and and so we have this whole, and, and again, Joe, it is never going to be enough. If you agreed and said, okay, we're going to pay you reparations. And in, in fact, I think that happened to some uh, little town in, in Michigan where they were going to give every black citizen, head of household, $40,000. Mm-hmm. You know what the response was? That's not enough. Right. That's a true story. Yeah, no. And so it will never be enough when you perform your indulgences for the remission of your past sins. And to prove that it won't be enough, now we have just last year um, this goofy Biden administration declaring a federal holiday of Juneteenth. Uh, what are you talking about? A- another day off to do nothing that we as taxpayers are paying for, for all those federal employees who now have a paid day off for a day when Texas Rangers or or uh, federal Rangers go and tell the slaves in Texas, hey, you're free. We are? Well, yes, you are. <laughs> okay, well, what do I do next? And because of that Declaration, and it was later than everyone else found out. We're going to make that a federal holiday. It it makes no sense. Mike, what it does... Yeah, go ahead. uh, What it does. I'm sorry, Joe. What it does is it divides our nation Mm -hmm. instead of unites our nation. And so what's the solution for it? Don't divide us into groups. Don't divide yourself into a group. Treat every person that you come in contact with as an individual... With dignity and respect, Mm -hmm. pure and simple. That's it. Um, Don't tell me what to do. I won't tell you what to do. As long as you're not harming me, I won't harm you. Don't take from me, and I won't take from you.
3: Seems pretty straightforward. It just, you know, way too complex, I guess, for the authoritarians who, since Lyndon Johnson, have been trying to um, turn the black community back into indentured servants. At very least, um, his fav- famous statement uh, to other congressional leaders: "If we get this passed, the." let's say, black community, he didn't use that word, will vote for us right. for 200 years. I, I see that falling apart, though. I mean, it's it hasn't been 60 years, and already the black community has started to realize it. I was seeing poll numbers that say uh, 20%. Some of my listeners said, that doesn't sound like a lot. I said, it does when you realize just a few years ago, it was 5% of the black community right. v- voted for Republicans. They're starting to get the message, I think, Mike. Uh, and not about a political party, but about who is selling them a Bill of goods.
0: That's right, because it's not working, Joe. You look at the black community, and it's been stuck, it seems, into this cycle of poverty since Lyndon Johnson declared his war on poverty. And the reason for that is because of the breakup of the nuclear family. Instead of having a mother and father at home raising their children in a way they should go in the admonition of the Lord, we have these mothers. By themselves raising these families. Why? Because if an able-bodied male, working male is in a home, you can't receive those government handouts for each child that you have. And so it breaks up the nucleus of the family, which is so necessary for a society to properly function.
3: Which is what I think they were afraid of as well, because that was the strength that gave so many of the folks who traversed the Underground Railroad was their faith and their family. Uh, and that's why Margaret Sanger's first words were, you had to break that up if you're going to do anything. Um, Mike, uh, again, thank you so much for so eloquently writing what you did uh, in this column and continue the work you do at Project 21. We appreciate your visits and, and have a wonderful weekend.
0: Thank you, Joe. You too. Thank you for having me.
3: Trusting you to know information from disinformation. Promoted by self-interested and corrupt individuals. Without a government board. (gasps) See Bill 1075 and 1260 WCHV.